Hello and welcome to our final episode. God damn! Oh, it's the final one? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Shit, what's going to happen to us? (laughs) I mean, we made it a whole year, so we're done. (laughs) That's really all we can ask. (laughs) I've survived yet another year. Yes, and we don't expect much more. (laughs) I mean, I kind of (laughs) do. Yeah, actually, I really do. I would like a couple more years with my kids to see how they turn out. Yeah, and make sure you didn't fuck them up real bad. Yeah. Or you did. Or I did. And then I'll just like, you know, bow out gracefully. (laughs) (laughs) Flames and glory. You know, the huge. Yeah. All right, Stacey. Do you have a goddamn for me? Oh, I've got got a goddamn. Oh, have you got a goddamn? I do. So, for my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, We got tickets to Kaboo and Del Mar. Uh Uh-huh. That and I, again, could not go to. I know, because you're always knocked up when we go to this. Mm-hmm. But you're going next year. I concur. Yeah, you have to. So for people who don't know, Kabo is like this big old outdoor festival, and they have music and comedians and like artists and shit, and it's all day in the sun. It's actually all weekend. It's my like nightmare. Friday, just, Saturday, Sunday. Just saying. <laughs> well, you wear a lot of sunscreen, and you drink a lot of water, or you're supposed to, and you get smashed. So, you know, it's a blast, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> So we only did one day this year. I've only ever done one day because I'm old and I can't hang for three fucking days like that. Yeah, and fuck that. Yeah, but it's all day. And so we went Friday and we saw like the headliners were like Wu-Tang and Snoop Dogg and <laughs> and Kings of Leon. And Which Ma- in case you didn't know, Stacey's a huge <laughs> Snoop Dogg fan. <laughs> Lay back. <laughs> anyway, so I was super excited and we went, and it was so much fun. But before we went, we decided to pre-party because the gates open at, like, 2, right? Mm-hmm. So we had, like, two glasses of champagne at my house, and then we all went out to lunch to have a couple more drinks and fuel up on food because you're not going to eat all fucking day there. Yeah. And when you do, it's, like, carny food, so you're like, I'm for sure going to die from whatever mis- mystery meat I just put in my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're leaving the restaurant that we had just ate at, and one of our friends was kind enough to drive us so we didn't have to pay $90 for an Uber ride. Hell yeah. She works in a medical office and there's a doctor who lives really close to the fairgrounds who said that we could park in his driveway and then we could Uber from his driveway to the fairgrounds, right? So then it's like a $10 Uber or whatever. Yeah, split between like four people. Yeah, no big deal. So that's what we do. But I drank a lot of liquid and I am a (laughs) a mother. Lightweight bladder. (laughs) (laughs) Lightweight bladder. And so we had peed before we left the restaurant And I was doing fine, and we get to the doctor's house, and it's a fancy-ass fucking neighborhood. Like, we – I'm surprised the cops didn't get called on us just for, like, standing outside in the neighborhood. Del Mar. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's Those are the people that, like, own the thoroughbred fucking racehorses. Exactly. Seabiscuit. Yeah. And so uh, he lives in a cul-de-sac, so we parked in there, and we're standing outside. And the whole joke was – because I had to pump before we went into the fairground, so I have, like, a manual pump, and I was just doing it in the back seat. And I'm like, oh, my God, the security cameras are – gonna catch me jumping breast milk in your doctor's lawn and our friend was like god damn it Stacey I swear to fucking god don't dump your breast milk in his lawn (laughs) and then so as soon as we parked I handed it to Lee and Lee like ran it to one of the storm drains and like dumped it like we were being so secretive oh my god like this contraband of breast milk (laughs) exactly it's probably really good for the trees yeah but anyway so we're standing there and Lee calls the uber and they're supposed to be there in seven minutes 
well, it's been like 15 minutes and the dude's still not there. And so he's like, well, now it says six minutes. Now it says eight minutes. And it's like taking forever for the Uber to show up. Yeah. And Lee's like, it's so weird. He's not even facing the right way. And I'm like, cancel it. And he's like, they're going to charge me five bucks. And I'm like, I will pay you five bucks to call a lift or whatever. You know, like pick something else. I just want to go and I don't want to be in this cul-de-sac anymore. Yeah. And so we're still waiting. And it must have been like 30 minutes. I don't know. I was pretty buzzed at this point. But I was like, you guys... I have to pee. (laughs) And it's not like I can just hold it forever. And I'm thinking when the Uber guy gets here, it's still going to be another like 20 minutes because you're sitting in traffic. And then plus you have to walk for fucking ever to get into Del Mar. Yeah. I'm going to piss myself. Like that's not an option. It's either like. No, especially if you're standing and walking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just pushed out a fucking seven pound, three ounce baby. Yeah, I can't hold in some pee. No, I can't hold that (laughs) shit in right now. And so I was joking and I'm like, okay, I think I've picked out my piss bush. <laughs> like this is <laughs> happening. Thank God it was like really, uh, uh, you know, they had trees and shit. <laughs> oh, private. A private <laughs> piss bush. It was a private piss bush. It was pretty much in the open. But I'm a mom, so I had baby wipes with me. And I was like, don't worry, guys. I'm fucking ready. And I'm going to do it. <laughs> and our friend is like, God damn it, don't, don't pee in the yard. <laughs> and then her husband was like, you know, I kind of have to pee also. <laughs> He's like, I'll take the other side of this fish. Well, he's like, I feel like if you pee there, I could just pee on top of it. And it's like one person peed. Like we were like rationalizing why it was okay. (laughs) We're kind of feeding off of each other. Or maybe he just said it once to me and that was like my okay to be like, yeah, I'm going to piss here and then you can pee and it'll be great and we'll feel so much better. Yeah. So then I'm like, I'm going to do it. And then they make like a wall in front of me (laughs) to like block me from the street. Not that anybody was driving by, but I don't know why they were all so fucking close now in my memory. I should have been like... (laughs) Go stand somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll just be over here by myself. Girl, I have never dropped trout so fast and peed so much in my life. And I was giggling so hard the whole time because I'm like, this is going to get me in trouble. Like, if a cop drove by right now, this is, like, indecency right. in public. <laughs> and this is when your Uber pulled up. <laughs> well, actually, I had, I mean, maybe a minute later the Uber pulled up. But I'm so glad I peed. But get this. So the guy we were with who also had to pee, he didn't pee on top of my pee. <laughs> we weren't piss buddies. Instead, we get in the Uber and we're driving. And we drove for like maybe a mile. And he was like, no, you have to pull over. I have to pee. Really? <laughs> and the Uber driver pulled over. <laughs> did he just pee on the side of the road somewhere? He, he did. But it's like Del Mar fancy fucking neighborhoods. Oh, my God. And so like, you know, when you pull into a neighborhood and they have like trees perfectly spaced. Yeah. He, we pulled over there and there was a thousand cars going by and he just jumps out and pisses on this bush and he's taking forever and cars are honking. I've never seen an Uber driver laugh harder in my life. Like Cars were honking? Yeah, like he wasn't in private. Oh my God. <laughs> and then he jumped back in the car and he's like, listen, I cut it short. I could keep going, <laughs> but I feel a little better. And then his wife was just like, fucking mortified by both of us why are you people in my life (laughs) what have i done to deserve this bitch you're married in you're stuck now (laughs) (laughs) welcome (laughs) anyway so it was like such a shit show but so fucking hilarious and then at the end of the night i was about to leave and he looked at me because he listens to the podcast he looked at me and he goes oh that could be your goddamn and i was like oh good idea and he goes but don't say my name (laughs) so you know who you are (laughs) i know who he is too (laughs) okay aaron give me your goddamn okay well mine is 
the other day my kid was like i want to go water the plants right which means he wants to play with the hose i was like he's gonna pee in a bush too (laughs) (laughs) right no my kid doesn't pee outside like a monster oh mine does it's really cute (laughs) (laughs) my kid only pees in his diaper so it doesn't really count (laughs) so he does pee outside (laughs) but i was like okay i'm gonna go out there and sit out there with you because like dad's gonna help you out with the hose and shit but i'll just be there for i'll be present in your life yeah moral support or whatever Mm -hmm. and that turned into him like spraying me with the hose and i was like god damn it naturally Mm -hmm. and i was wearing leggings and i was like fuck since my leggings are like really wet i'm really itchy now like all over my legs it was so itchy and weird and like uncomfortable Uh so we get inside and i like rip off my leggings and i put on whatever pajama shorts or some shit right when you pull your leggings off too it's like you can feel your hair growing on your legs yeah right (laughs) they can breathe again pores are opening back up And then I realized that I had bug bites all over my legs. Oh, no. And I was like, that's fucking weird. Like, something out there. I was literally out there for 15 minutes, maybe. And something bit the fuck out of me, like, a bunch of times. I'm like, I'm never going outside again, right? Were, <laughs> were they ants? I don't know. I don't oh. know. There were bug bites all I over. I hope he fucking died. So then I was like, okay, well, kid goes to bed. And then I was like, I'm going to sit and I'm going to edit. So I had my laptop on my lap uh-huh. as a laptop should be yeah where they go <laughs> yeah on top of uh-huh and i was sitting on the couch and i had like you know when you sit with your ankle over your knee like you're making the number four kind yep, of yep like yeah. the the old school dad yeah sitting move, yeah and you're like flipping your flop uh-huh i was doing one of those and i had my laptop like balanced precariously on that little triangle oh, area God. of my lap uh-huh and then I was just sitting there and having a good time editing, listening to murder and stuff. And then out from behind my laptop on my fucking leg crawls the biggest spider I've ever <gasps> seen in my fucking Stop life. Stop it. What is up with you and spiders? I don't know. It's Ew. goddamn spider season. <laughs> it, it, I will vouch for that. It is spider season. But was the spider on you? It was on me. It was <gasps> on my bare ass fucking leg. No. Just crawling down. And I flipped out. I screamed. A couple of times, <laughs> I may or may not have thrown my very expensive laptop. Oh, God. And it, like, thankfully closed, like, the right safely. way and safely and, like, you know, landed flat on the floor. Not to mention potentially losing our precious, invaluable episode. Yeah, we might not be here today had that not landed correctly. <laughs> Because it's literally what we use for everything. And I freaked out and then I like jumped off the couch and I couldn't find the spider now because I'm like, you know, in my <gasps> sit of the fucking tussle. joy. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't find it. And Brandon was playing video games with his headphones on, like noise canceling headphones. So he can't hear you getting murdered by a spider. Oh, he heard me because I screamed loud as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and so he came over and he has a dog bone in his hand. <laughs> Because it was on the floor, I guess. And he's like looking on the floor and he's like, where is it? Where is it? Because he he knew what was going on. Yeah, he knew instantly it was just a spider. Yeah. And so I like, I don't know. And I like kind of shook myself a little bit and it (gasps) fell off of me because it was still still fucking on me. No. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the biggest spider I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, it's right there. I was like screaming about it. And he got it and he killed it or whatever. Long story short, that's what my bug bites were from. This thing had been like inside my leggings, I think. This spider was inside my leggings. I took them off and it was like, I don't know, up in my cooch. I don't know where it was. (laughs) It's like, I live here now. It was closer to my body than I've ever wanted anything. Oh my God. Yeah. How? I have no fucking idea. Were they old leggings? Like, has he been living in there for a little bit and you just like pulled him out of your dresser? You should check your dresser. 
I mean, they might be. Oh, my God. I don't think I've worn them in a while. I'm but itching right now. Yeah, I am too again. Oh, God. <laughs> so I have giant ass fucking spider bites on my legs. Dude, that's like when I had the pincher bug in my PJs. It's probably eggs. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and I almost lost all of our podcast and everything that comes along with it. Recording capabilities. Holy shit. <laughs> everything. And Brandon was like, uh, you just threw the fucking laptop. And I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I did. There's a family of fucking spiders burrowing into my skin right now. Yeah. Oh, my God. What if it pops and spiders come out? That'll of your be bug my bites. next week's goddamn. <laughs> oh, God. That'll be my goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> not left in my house. That's not okay. Yeah. Anyway. Well, those were some beautiful goddamns. Yeah. Welcome to episode 54. Yeah. All right, Erin. I think you kick us off this week with your murder story. I do. So let's hear it. All right. Well, my story is about Kitty Genovese. She was born Catherine Susan Genovese in 1937 in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. So apparently Kitty is a fucking nickname for Catherine. I know. I was just thinking when you said Kitty, it made me think of that 70s show. (gasps) Me too. Every time. But don't because it'll be sad. Okay. So she was the oldest of five kids, and her mom was American, and her dad was Italian. Mm-hmm. She was raised Catholic and went to an all-girls high school. Oh, good. So she turned out totally normal. Yep, totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> she was a positive person and seemed self-assured beyond her years. Oh, that's, that's a, a fucking quote. quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never been more self-assured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Her mom witnessed a murder in 1954. Uh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, they didn't go into it. They were just like, yeah, and also her mom witnessed a murder. So they moved. Like, that was the fucking solution. Catalyst. Yeah, and so they moved to New Canaan, Connecticut. Uh-huh. But Kitty stayed back in New York to live with her grandparents because she was about to get married. So okay. she's like, sorry, mom. Fuck murder. Bye. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, but apparently... It, like, maybe it wasn't that safe of a place, right? Okay, sounds like it. It's Brooklyn, Brooklyn New York. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Kitty married her husband that year, but it was annulled less than a year later. Ooh, not a good marriage. I guess not. Yeah. So she got an apartment and worked a couple clerical jobs, but she hated them. Yeah. And so she became a bartender. <laughs> Ooh, Kitty sounds like a blast. Hell yeah. So in 1961, she was actually arrested. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Because she went to that all-girl Catholic school. So she's letting her freak flag fly. (laughs) She is letting her freak flag fly. But she got arrested for taking bets on horse races from her bar patrons. Oh, God, I love her even more. She was a fucking bookie. Yeah. (laughs) I find that awesome. Kitty the bookie. Mm -hmm. It sounds like like the best mob name ever. Kitty the bookie? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like you don't fuck with a bitch named Kitty. No, no. Yeah. You're like, oh, she's either really sweet or like she'll stab you. Yeah. And she like... Smokes 18 packs a day. Mm-hmm. And she sounds like, like large. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kitty. <laughs> so because of this, she was fired from her job and she was fined $50. Ooh. Which back in 1961. Is lots of money. Yeah, it's probably a lot of money. Yeah. But she got another job as a bartender and was busting ass, working double shifts, and she became a manager. Work it, girl. Hell yeah, get that paper. Uh-huh. She was trying to save money to open an Italian restaurant. Ooh. And she's now living with her girlfriend, Marianne. I don't know if that means that she's gay or if it's like how old people say girlfriend when they just mean a friend who's a girl. Oh, got it. Yeah. But this could very well be why her marriage didn't last. Oh. If it was actually her girlfriend. Which yeah, I think it like... was like they were together. Okay. 
Okay, so on March 13th, 1964, she left the bar that she was working in and she drove home. She got home at about 3.15 a.m. And I know it does not sound fucking awful. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Granted, she probably doesn't have to wake up till like noon for her next shift. (laughs) That's probably true. But I can't like... Yeah. The bar closes at 2, and you still have to, like, put chairs up or whatever the fuck you have to do. You don't even get to go home at 2? Bleach the sinks. Yeah. Yeah, Like, shoo the people out? Yeah, exactly. So she gets home around 3.15, and she parks at her apartment complex, but she's about 100 feet from her apartment in an alley at the back of the building. Nothing good happens in an alley at the back of a building. Nope, never. Well unbeknownst to her (laughs) she was being watched and followed oh god apparently this guy was sitting in his car and he saw her at a red light and for whatever fucked up reason he (gasps) was like yep that's the one oh god i'm gonna follow her home no so he did i hate those Mm -hmm. and when she parked and started walking to her building he got out of his car with a hunting knife and he (gasps) approached her oh lord she fucking booked it because she's like, nope, this is not good. This looks a little sketchy. Yeah. She's like, I'm out of here. And he chased her down. He grabbed her and he stabbed her twice in the back. <gasps> she was screaming, oh my God, he stabbed me. Help me. Oh my me. God. Yeah. Fucking awful, right? Oh, I hate it. A bunch of neighbors heard her yelling and one guy yelled, let that girl alone. <laughs> Which is such a fucking 60s thing to say, but... So the guy took off. Like uh-huh. he's like, oh fuck, people are around, right? Yeah, I'm in this populated area. Yeah. What the fuck am I doing? Kitty was seriously injured. Kitty and was pissed. <laughs> Kitty was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and she tried to make her way to the rear entrance of the apartment complex, which was out of sight of any witnesses. Oh no. Side note, nobody came to help her or <gasps> be like, hey man, you were yelling about being stabbed back there. Like, do you, you need cool? some help? Yeah. Like, it's that fucking like diffusion of responsibility. Other people think they're going to take care of it. Like, oh, someone else will call. Okay. Uh, a little bit of jumping ahead here, but uh-huh. literally this case created the whole like diffusion uh, of responsibility. Oh. Yeah. That whole uh, <gasps> fucking psychology complex or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. That where this you're is where to, that comes from. You're supposed to yell out like, hey, you man in the window, call 911. Yeah. Yeah. You're supposed to and sign then you just, shit closes the window <laughs> i don't i'm not a man no nope. <laughs> she can't be talking to me <laughs> probably another window <laughs> but don't ever call out aaron for help <laughs> no seriously but also that's crazy this is like this is me in that situation yeah. i wouldn't have gone down there because i'd be like well the other guy that was also in the window that i was like do you hear that and he was like yeah i'd be like crazy right I'm like that guy's gonna do something about it oh my god i'd be out there like giving cpr assigning tasks you absolutely would <laughs> I'd be like, it is fucking 315. Note it. Here's what she said. I was washing this dish. (laughs) Exactly. So they were just like, well, glad that's over, right? (laughs) I can go back to bed now. Yeah. And they went back about their business. And so she's in the back of the apartment complex right now? Yes. Okay. And a few witnesses said that they saw the attacker get into his car and drive away and then return 10 (gasps) minutes later wearing a wide brimmed hat. Okay. Apparently. He's going to go fucking gardening or something? <laughs> I, I imagine it was to like... Disguise himself? Yeah, disguise his identity. Because he's like, there were a lot of people out here. I'm going to wear this wide-brimmed hat in case they're looking down from their apartment windows. You can't see my face. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> well, apparently, he systematically searched the parking lot, train station, and apartment complex for Kitty. How do they know it was systematic? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he made a grid. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Battleship. Yeah. 
B14. <laughs> Maybe he touched one wall and just followed it around no matter where it went. <laughs> like you're out trying to get out of a cave, you know? There was a system. <laughs> yeah. There was a system. We don't know what it was. He did. Okay. okay. So eventually he found her lying in a hallway at the back of the building. The door was locked, so she hadn't been able to get inside. What the fuck, people? Right? This like, poor girl. One person could have gone down and been like, You okay? You okay? You oh, want me get the door? Yeah, it appears that you've dropped your keys in the fucking struggle back there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Looks as though you've been stabbed in the back a few times. You yeah. could use a hand. So when he found her, he stabbed her a bunch more times. Why? Just because he picked her. Then he raped her. Ah! He stole the $49 that she had on her, and he took off again. Holy shit. That's terrible. Goddamn, right? Yeah. A neighbor found Kitty almost right after it happened and, like, <gasps> stayed with her. Oh, well, that's nice. But terrible timing, neighbor. Seriously. Could have used you five minutes before. Right? So this was also a time before 911 was a thing. Oh, really? I can't imagine life before 911. <laughs> yeah. You could call, like, the police station, but yeah. it wasn't, like, a an dispatch. emergency line. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't, like, have first responders show up. Exactly. So of the witnesses in the beginning who didn't really do much to help, one guy actually did call the police. Uh-huh. But from what he saw, it looked like, a girl had been beaten up and then gotten up and staggered away. So it wasn't given a high priority because they're just oh. like, oh, well, we'll she talk staggered to away. We so, I mean, yeah, like, you know, she's how bad clearly could it still be? alive. Yeah. Another witness after the second attack had seen what happened but didn't know what to do. So he called two of his friends to what? like fucking <laughs> talk it out and see what he should do. The second friend that he called ended up calling a third friend. Jesus. And was like, can you believe this shit? Like, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Mark or whoever. Fucking Brad just happen. called me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then that third friend called the police. Oh my gosh. So it's like third hand information at that point. Yeah. But the police got to the scene only a few minutes after that third friend called them. Oh, good. So fucking calling people it actually does something. Yeah. Like that had to telephone through a couple people before exactly. they even had the call to come. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to call my friend. Well, how about, like, I don't know what to do. Maybe I'll just inform the police. And if they're, like, mind your business, then be like, all right, cool. Just want to make friend. sure. <laughs> yeah. So they got Kitty in the ambulance at about 4.15 a.m. Wow. But she died on the way to the hospital. Oh, no. That's sad. Yeah. So like most murders, the police looked to her girlfriend first. Okay. And the police interrogated Marianne for six hours the next morning. Jesus. And they also interviewed neighbors and apparently were really interested in Kitty and Marianne's relationship. I think it's because like, yeah. it was a different time. Risque. Yeah. Then, yeah. And yeah. they're like, well, what kind of relate like what kind of lives are they living type of thing? Yeah. Which is stupid. A woman just got murdered. Yeah. And everybody said it was a man, right? Yeah. Yeah. So why do you give a fuck about about this chick that she's with? Yeah. Yeah. But that's life in the sixties, I guess. <laughs> As a woman. Yeah. So meanwhile, six days later. Over in Queens, police catch a guy named Winston Mosley. Uh -huh. He apparently had been burglarizing homes. And then I have this bullet in my notes. <laughs> this is where a huge ass fucking spider crawled out from behind my computer <laughs> on my goddamn leg. I think I'm going into labor. <laughs> okay, well, let's just address this now. One, I'm glad you didn't go into labor. <laughs> Two, you were in the middle of doing notes? <laughs> I was literally in the middle of doing notes. <laughs> 
So, oh my God, you're like, and then she died on the way to the hospital. Fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I remember thinking, like, as I was trying to get back into the swing of it, I remember thinking, like, I had so much adrenaline. I'm like, my notes are going to be different. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see if they take us on a different adventure. Yeah. Like, I'm a different person writing this now than I was (laughs) two minutes ago. I was a different me back there. (laughs) I was more naive. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, back to Winston. Uh Uh-huh. Apparently, he had stolen a TV in the trunk of his white car. So, they took him to the police station. And one of the cops was like, hey, didn't one of the witnesses to that stabbing say the guy was driving a white car? Oh, hey, look at this. Yeah. Put my detective hat on. Exactly. And so they questioned him about the stabbing, and he confessed. Oh, shit. They're like, uh, you know anything about stabbing? (laughs) He was like, yeah, it was me. Yeah, I stabbed that girl. (laughs) Oh, my God. So a little bit about Winston Mosley. Uh-huh. He was 29 years old at the time of the stabbing, and he was married and had three kids. What? And no prior record. What the fuck are you doing? I don't know. Winston? My other note is, this motherfucker looks like Prince. (laughs) 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 They had his picture up, and I was like, this is Prince. (laughs) Prince did some stabbing. Yeah, literally. I I mean, I didn't compare them, but from looking at him, I'm like, he just looks like a little bit more rugged Prince. Oh, shit. Fucking weird. So now picture that guy just randomly stabbing this lady, right? In a wide brim hat. In a wide brimmed hat. (laughs) (laughs) she wore a wide brimmed hat (laughs) the kind you find on a behind an apartment complex (laughs) so in his confession they asked why he did it and Uh he said that he just wanted to kill a woman what that he preferred killing women because they were easier and didn't fight back well how do you know you never killed one before or have you (laughs) So then he confessed to killing two more girls. Oh, shit. Annie Mae Johnson, she was shot and burned to death <gasps> in her apartment a few weeks before. Oh, my God. And Barbara Kralik, who was 15 and was killed in her home the year before. So, but his motive was just that he wanted to kill someone? Yeah. Oh, he that's was scary. just in it for the killing. So that's a fucking serial killer, right? Uh, yeah. I believe that is the definition. <laughs> So on this particular night, he left his wife asleep at home and went out at 2 a.m. to go find a victim. Like, he was just like, mm, I'm getting a hankering. Gotta go. That is so wild. Do you think the, the wife was like, yeah, he's fucking weird. Like, I could see him stabbing someone. I have no idea. Or do you think she was like, Winston? Not my Winston. <laughs> Prince? My <laughs> Prince Winston? <laughs> I don't know. I imagine that a wife would have to know a little bit. Yeah, like, a little clue here or there. Have a feeling. Like, you know? uh, he left the fucking peanut butter jar open again. Yeah. Serial killer. Crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a personal attack on my personal husband at all. <laughs> From personal experience. He's a goddamn monster. <laughs> Screw the lid on all the way, man. <laughs> it doesn't take that much effort. It's already almost all the way on. <laughs> you just stopped. <laughs> so... That's when he saw Kitty, and he followed her home, and he killed her. Uh Uh-huh. Apparently, he had details of the attack that matched up with evidence, so they were able to confidently charge him with Kitty's murder. It wasn't, like, a false confession. claiming it, yeah. Yeah. But they didn't charge him with the other two murders. All right. In part because another man had already confessed to the murder of the 15-year-old girl. Jesus Christ, to be in Brooklyn. Everybody's like, no, I did it. I feel like the police interrogation has something to do with it. 
Oh, uh, like the way that they get the confession? Yeah, because these people are like, Maybe. I just want to fucking go home. And they're like, you've been awake for 18 hours and whatever. Like, If you just tell me, I'll let you go home. Exactly. And they're like, you whatever. Could just, you could just leave. <laughs> yeah, I know, if you're not arrested. Yeah. But a lot of people don't know that. I know. My dad told me that when I was a kid, though. Oh, it's that's like, smart. If a, if a cop ever stops you when you're walking home and asks to search your backpack, you can say no. Like, just say no. Be like, fuck you. You don't have <laughs> any reason. They need a warrant for my backpack. Yeah, I'm like, you're going to pick me up at a fucking police station. <laughs> you're like, Dad, I literally just have, they're just Sharpies in my backpack. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, it doesn't, and I would I'm tell him that. drugs. I think that's the reason that I am what I am. Because my, I'd be like, it doesn't matter. Like, they can look in there. And my dad's like, well, it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter. It's the principle of the thing. Like, they can't fucking do that. And I was like, all right. <laughs> then I won't let him. Yeah. So at his trial, he pled not guilty by reason of insanity. Okay. And but was he crazy? I will tell you. Okay. So he detailed the murder and the jury found him guilty. He was sentenced to death. Uh-huh. So I said that someone had already confessed to the murder of 15-year-old Barbara, right? Yeah. Well, that someone was Alvin Mitchell, Mm -hmm. and Winston agreed to testify in Alvin's trial as, like, his defense as long as he got immunity for Barbara's murder. So he's like, I'll tell you all about it, but, like, you can't charge me for it. I'm just here to get this other guy off, basically, right? Is Barbara the one he's, he is saying, no, I did it, it wasn't this guy? Yeah. Okay. Barbara's the 15-year-old girl who was killed in her house. Got it, yeah. So they allowed him to, and he confessed to the jury that he had killed Barbara, and that resulted in a hung jury. Wow. And a second trial for this guy. Uh Uh-huh. But Alvin was convicted in that second trial. Even with this guy's testimony, or did they not allow it in the second trial? I don't know if they allowed it in the second trial or not, but... Isn't that fucking crazy? That's imagine crazy. Imagine being Alvin and you're like, but this other guy did it. He literally is telling you everything that happened. Exactly. That's fucking insane to me. But it was crazy. the 60s. So Winston's sentence was later reduced to life in prison since he should have argued that he was insane at the time of the attack, okay. but sane at the time of the trial, which oh, is when they tested got to it. see if he was okay. fucking sane enough to stand trial, right? Yeah. So, fun fact, I guess he scored 135 on an IQ test. Okay. Which I had to look up. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently 90 to 110 is average and 140 and up is genius. Ooh, so he right in the middle. Well, he's considered very superior intelligence. Huh. That's which weird. is fucking crazy to me. Like, the smart people are going around killing people? Well, like, I mean, he just had these urges? Yeah, and he didn't do a very good job because he confessed to it, like, instantly. He confessed. <laughs> he did it in front of a bunch of witnesses and stuff. Like, yeah. he wasn't trying to hide it or his identity, really, other than a wide-brimmed hat. Maybe he wasn't sane at the tr- at the time of well, the murder. that's why they're saying, like, <laughs> this guy's really smart, but, like, why, why would he, he do, do all these things? things, right? Yeah. Exactly. So, he's in prison for life now, right? Okay. Apparently, he wasn't having any of that. and so on march 18th 1968 he injured himself while he was in prison and he had to be taken to a hospital in buffalo new york and given minor surgery okay and on the way back from the hospital oh dear god he hit the transport officer stole his gun and took off (gasps) oh shit they're always fucking making a getaway yeah they are yeah he made it to a nearby vacant house and was able to stay there for three days holy smokes yeah which I don't fucking get. Like, weren't you canvassing the neighborhood? I know. Hey. But now we have, like, GPS and shit. We could track your... I'm sure, like... You'd have an ankle exa- monitor. Yeah, they know yeah. exactly where everybody is. Yeah. Well, and, like, transport vans and stuff, I would uh-huh. think, have, like, a 
cage or something now. Yeah, yeah. So they can't just, like, knock out the driver and take his gun. Exactly. So then the owners of this vacant home, Mr. and Mrs. Kulaga, Uh they eventually went to check on the house, and they found Winston inside. Okay. He bound and gagged (gasps) Mr. Kulaga. No. And he raped the missus. He kept them hostage for over an hour. Whoa. And then he stole their car and took off. But he left him alive. Oh, that's good. Just severely fucking emotionally damaged. <laughs> yeah, just pretty goddamn fucked up. <laughs> so he made it to Grand Island where he broke into another home with a mom and a daughter. No! And he held them hostage for two hours before he finally let them go and they were unharmed. Okay, good. He was caught by police and given two additional 15-year sentences to be served concurrently with his life sentence. Okay. Which means fucking nothing. Yeah, yeah. So he was up for parole in 1984, and during the parole hearing, he had the balls to say this. Uh Uh-oh. For a victim outside, it's a one-time or one-hour or one-minute affair. Oh my god, stop. But for the person who's caught, it's forever. Yeah, don't fucking do that to people. What are you, like trying to be a goddamn victim? Yeah, get out of here with that shit. You deserve it. You deserve worse. Yeah. Kill him. Yeah. Let me be on the jury. I know. Put me on the jury. Now this motherfucker I could kill. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I've heard, you know, some people are insane or whatever, but this guy's literally trying to be like, it's so much worse for me because like you just died once. I have to sit here in prison. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. He also said that he didn't actually mean to kill her. He meant to mug her, but sometimes people die in muggings. You stabbed her a bunch, and then you came back and stabbed her more. A bunch of times, and you raped her before you stole, like, you raped her after she was dying. Ugh. And then you stole her money after all of that. Like, it wasn't for the money. Why would anyone want to do that? Rape a person? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I'm, like, freaking out over here. (laughs) Like, she's just, like, bleeding from stab wounds and probably, like, ow, stop. And he's just raping her. Like, why? Well, and she had wounds on her hands. So, like, there was defensive marks and stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. So gross. Fucking Winston. Yeah, exactly. Either way, this asshole was denied parole, and he died in prison on March 28th, 2016, at 81 years old. How'd he die? Just old age? I think so, yeah. Uh. He was, like the longest person in that prison too wow the longest stint there yeah i don't know if they count the time before that he escaped or not (laughs) isn't that crazy though if somebody has life they have like nothing to lose to try to escape like what are you gonna give me more time sure whatever well and they gave him time concurrent yeah so some notable shit about this case we talked about it a little bit already Uh but apparently 38 people witnessed kitty being attacked or murdered shit 38 and didn't call the police my god some of the witnesses later claimed that they didn't want to get involved assholes yeah and this case was used in psychology courses to show that the larger number of bystanders the less likely that someone will step forward to help the victim isn't that sad which is what you were talking about the diffusion of responsibility yeah it's also called the bystander effect yep yep and i can relate (laughs) (laughs) also this case spurred the creation of 911 and it was created in 1968 the murder happened in 1964 wow that's crazy maybe we just need a place for people to actually call yeah maybe we need to make it really easy for people to call us and get a hold of us yeah, exactly. And make it easier than calling your friend. <laughs> yeah, easier than calling fucking Becky to be like, did you see this shit? And Becky calls fucking Sarah. <laughs> yeah, and then that person's like, why have you guys not called the police yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that's crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. Goddamn. Whoa. 
Okay, Aaron, well, are you ready for my fucking murder story then? I've never been more ready for anything in my life. Mm, yes, you should be. <laughs> Alrighty, this week's story is about Dorothy Helen Gray, also known as the Death House Lady. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Ooh, that's intense. <laughs> okay, so on January 9th, 1929, Dorothy Gray was born in San Bernardino County, California to two alcoholics. Ooh, fun. Her life was starting off great. Yeah, good start. So her father was a cotton picker and her mother was a prostitute. Ooh, a toot. Uh, a toot. And she was often neglected as a child. Yeah. And, yeah. And she would have to scavenge for food and endure abuse by both of her parents. So she didn't have a great childhood. No. It sounds like it was an unwanted pregnancy. Yeah. It wasn't pretty. And when she was eight, her father died of tuberculosis. Well, that's good, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean. I mean, better to have no dad than an abusive dad. <laughs> Maybe. And then a year later, her mother died in a motorcycle accident. Oh, my God. She was a badass, too. She was a <laughs> badass, too. So Dorothy was sent to live in an orphanage, and she was later adopted by some of her relatives. Oh, that's good. Yeah. At 16, she married her first husband, Fred McFall. All right. And she had two daughters with him, both of whom she gave up for adoption. E. That's yeah. Ex. She was like, I can't do this shit. Well, I mean, maybe she recognized that in herself, that she wouldn't be a good parent. So yeah. it's better for the kids. Yeah. Then she got pregnant again with a third child. Also, there's got to be a way to prevent that. <laughs> but she had a miscarriage. Okay. I'm like, did she really, though? Mm-hmm. Was right. she really? She fell down some stairs. Mm-hmm. Meet me at the top of these stairs, Dorothy. <laughs> okay. And then soon after the miscarriage, her and Fred split. Actually, Fred left her. Oh, okay. And she was really embarrassed by being abandoned by her husband. So she would lie to people and say that he had died of a heart attack instead of like that he just fucking bounced. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> different times, man. Yeah, totally different times. She's like, I don't want to be an unwanted woman. <laughs> I don't want to be an old maid. Exactly. She would also forge his signatures on checks that he would get. Like, he left, right, and was still getting checks to the house or wherever. Yeah. And she would forge his signature and check, like, cash those checks. And she eventually got caught for doing this and served some jail time. Oh, yeah. That's fraud. Yeah, that's fraud. That ain't good. When she got out of jail, she fell pregnant again by Ooh. a man that she barely knew. Oh, that sucks. There's got to be a way to prevent this. Yeah. Didn't they have condoms in the 20s? Sheepskin or something? I don't I know. I actually don't fucking know when condoms came about. <laughs> I feel like... But fucking pull out at least. Yeah. <laughs> Very minimum they had pull out. <laughs> <laughs> they did probably absolutely have that. Maybe they didn't know that, like, the spermie made the egg and the shit, you know? They didn't know how sex and babies worked yet? <laughs> Modern medicine? I'm not sure Maybe. when that shit came around. Anyway. <laughs> so, I don't know when it became modern. <laughs> <laughs> then it was just wacky medicine. <laughs> so she got pregnant again, and then she gave that kid up for adoption as well. Okay. Because, again, she's like, I am not fit to be a mother. Yep, not cut out for this shit. Nope. And then in 1952, she married a man by the name of Axel Johnson. Ooh. And they stayed together for 14 years. But the marriage was super shitty and rocky and all that shit. And they eventually separated. Okay. Then in 1960, she began running a brothel. <laughs> running one, though. Yeah, she owned that shit. Girl's got aspirations. Yeah, she's fucking working it. I feel like I don't want to mess with Dorothy. Yeah. So now she's Madam Dorothy. Yeah, she's, so Madam Dorothy <laughs> is running a brothel in Sacramento, California. All right. And she gets busted. Oh. They're like, hey, Madam, you can't be doing this shit. Are brothels illegal back then? Yeah, it turns out, because she spent 90 days in jail. All right. Maybe That's it just not was that like, bad. No, it's really not. But maybe it was like off the books brothel, and they're like, no, no, no. You got to put that shit on the books. Yeah, you got to pay the government <laughs> yeah, for Go. those toots. Okay, so 
After she gets out of jail, she gets arrested for vagrancy and she got another 90 days in jail. So she's not doing so great, right? No. It seems to be going downhill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In and out of jail. Had a rough childhood. Shit's going down. Keeps getting married. Not working out. Knocked up. Not working out. (laughs) She just hasn't had a nice run. So once she gets out of jail for that, like, last 90-day stint, uh, she gets released and she finds work as a nurse's aide. Okay. And she cares for disabled people and the elderly. They were like, can I see your resume? And she was like, yes, I used to run a brothel. Yeah, so I really know how to take care of people. Yeah. (laughs) I'll make sure they get everything they need. I'll take care of grandma. (laughs) And grandpa, who? Ew. Okay, so, but she would go to their homes to care for them. Okay. Soon thereafter, she began running her own boarding home. Okay, so she just sees a, an occupation and is like, I could do that. Yeah. I could I'm, run this. I'm going to own that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what she was doing. Okay. Then in 1966, Dorothy and Axel get divorced, which I said they you know, had a rocky marriage and after 14 years they get separated. Yeah. Okay, so here's where they get divorced. Mm-hmm. And she marries another man who was 19 years younger than her, who Ooh. went by the name Roberto Puente. Okay, so he's got a little, uh, she's going a little exotic cradle robin. Yeah, a little Mexicano. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Actually, somewhere in the story, she claimed that she was born in Mexico City and all the shit and that she was Mexican. Oh. But the article I read was like, "Mm, that was a lie. And then all the pictures, she looks like a white chick. So I don't know. Well, she could have been trying to claim that because of Roberto there. Maybe. Perhaps. Oh, yeah, we have so much in common. Yeah, look at this. But she does marry him, so then her name, instead of, like, Dorothy Gray, is Dorothy Puente. Like, if you look her up, now it's all Dorothy Puente. All right. She's exotic now. She's exotic. So this marriage only lasted two years. And then her next marriage was to a man by the name of Pedro Montiavo. Ooh, okay. And he was a violent alcoholic, and the couple separated a few months later. Okay, why do you keep getting married to these people? Dude, she's fucking crazy maybe hang out with him for a couple months first see if you really want to do this shit yeah but maybe it was like all about like not wanting to be an old maid yeah so dorothy ended up starting to go to local bars and she would find men who were receiving pension checks mm-hmm. and she would win them over with her wit and her charm ah yes and she would steal those benefit checks and forge their signature and steal their money And she was, like, working this hustle, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, she's still running that, like, boarding home, nursing home, whatever the fuck it was. It was, like, 16 beds or some shit. Oh, okay. And she cared for, like, the disabled and the elderly and all of that. But in between, she'd, like, go to these bars and she would, like, hustle these men for their money. Yeah. Eventually, she was caught and she was charged with 34 counts of treasury fraud. Goddamn. And she only got probation. Like, you know, she got, like, 90 days before for running a brothel and shit. Yeah. But this, she just got probation. Okay. So even though she was on probation, she still continued to scam people. And in 1982, strange things started to happen at her boarding house. Uh And so in April of 82, 61-year-old Ruth Monroe moved into Dorothy's boarding home. And I guess her and Ruth were like business partners on something. I don't know. It sounds like Dorothy was doing a lot of fucking side gigs, so I don't really know. But they were like friends somehow. Okay. They knew each other anyway. Yeah. And within 17 days, Ruth was dead from an overdose of codeine and Tylenol. And the cops came and questioned Dorothy. And she was like, oh, that's Ruth. That's my friend. She was really depressed because her husband is terminally ill. So I think she might have done it to herself. And the cops were like, that makes sense. You seem like a very nice, respectable woman. 
even though you've been arrested a couple of times and been on probation and, and you've done some shady shit in your life yeah we're gonna go ahead and rule this a suicide okay then weeks later a 74 year old man by the name of malcolm mckenzie reported to the cops that he believed that dorothy was drugging and robbing local men at the bars oh shit so he claims that he had met She's her at a cardi being him dude <laughs> dude this chick is fucking crazy also, like, I'm going to go through the slew of shit that she did. But in the end, when she gets caught, she's an old lady. Like, yeah. she's a grandma. So just picture grandma this whole time. But she's like a very well-kept grandma. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, okay. Well, she was a madam, not a toot. Exactly. <laughs> so picture that. All right. So this sweet old lady. And she's like, oh, she was very upset over her terminally ill husband. And they're like, thank you, sweetheart. Of course she was Dorothy. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so this guy who claims that he was drugged by her. Yeah. He says, listen, I met Dorothy at a local bar. It was called the Zebra Club. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go there. (laughs) Should be called the Cougars Club. Ayo. They had several drinks because they're having a good time. And they went back to his place. And he started to feel a little dizzy. (laughs) Oh, man. And then eventually he was unable to fucking move, even though he was, like, conscious and everything. Rehypnol. Yeah. Rape drug. (laughs) (laughs) He got roofied. Yeah, he did. And so he was just sitting there, not able to move, and he just fucking watched Dorothy rifle through all of his goddamn shit, stealing stuff. Oh, my God. And I guess she stole a rare penny collection. (laughs) Oh, son of a bitch. And a diamond ring literally right off of his finger while he was sitting there just watching this bitch go through his shit. Goddamn, that sucks. Yeah, right? Imagine you're just sitting there like, um, please don't. Excuse me, ma'am. Yeah. So the police go to Dorothy's house and they're like, hey, some shit's been going down. People are saying you're doing this. There's been some allegations. Yeah. And she gets arrested. Okay. And she was convicted of three charges of theft and was given five years imprisonment for what she did to this guy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Five years. Five years. That's impressive. Yeah. While she was in prison, she snitched on someone. (laughs) I guess that's what she does. We all know what happens to snitches. (laughs) Well, she got jumped. And so (laughs) they, they placed her in like protective custody, which I don't know if protective custody was better or what. But then she started to get letters from a 77 year old man who had a habit of writing ladies in prison or jail or wherever the fuck she was. Was he outside? Yeah, he's in the outside. Okay. She was on the inside. Uh-huh. <laughs> and his name was Everson Gilmuth. His name was what now? Everson Gilmuth. Everson? Everson. All right. Anyway, so the two become pen pals. Okay, yeah. And they're writing back and forth. Then they start to hit it off a little bit and a little romance is sparked. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'll be out in fucking a year, dude. Wait, Wait for, for me. me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And he waits for her. All right. And when she's released in September of 1985, he meets her there to pick her up in his red 1984 pickup truck. Ooh. Obviously, I named everything off because that's important. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... The couples get along so much that they start making wedding plans. Ooh. And they open up a joint bank account together because shit's getting serious. Yeah. He's like, I trust you. Yeah. With my life. And my money. Hmm. All of my hard-earned cash. Hmm. Okay. What marriage would this be? Like four? I don't even fucking know. At one point, I started numbering them and I was like, fuck it. I don't know. This bitch just got married a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Should I stop calling her a bitch? (laughs) No. It's fine. The direction the story is going sounds like she's kind of a bitch. It's (laughs) fine. Okay, so like I said, they open the joint banking account together and they rent out a room in a local boarding house. Okay. 
And then they rent out the whole house. Ooh. So then they're like, we're going to take all these rooms and we're going to go back to doing what she was doing before where we would care for these disabled and these elderly people and we'll yeah. rent out rooms and this is how we're going to make money, right? Okay. So that's what they start to do. And evidently, Everson was like kind of a pushover and everything because he was like so obsessed with her and she loved it because he wasn't like a quote demanding lover so she didn't have to like put out or anything <laughs> according to well, her he's like 77 he's probably like it's fine just breathe on it <laughs> i'm better now i can go another week <laughs> and she's like that's easy oh my god so anyway he basically was like at her beck and call and did everything that she wanted yeah okay so then in november of 1985 so only a few months later like two months later yeah. Dorothy hired a local handyman, and his name was Ismel Flores. She hired him to put up some paneling in her house, and she also asked him to do a little side job. She was like, could you build me a box uh-huh. that is six feet by three feet wide and two feet deep? This sounds like a coffin. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'm sure it does sound like a coffin, but I really just need to store some books uh-huh. and other things. Can you make one end narrower than the other? <laughs> For the shoulders, I mean the yeah. books. Yeah. <laughs> Feet don't take up that much room. I oh. mean, I have smaller books. Oh, God. She also... I want to have a coffin and have it just be like where I store my books. <laughs> you could have that. You're an adult. I could. We should I make that. I want. Let's do it. And then like the shelves come out and then you have a coffin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to hide all your dead bodies. She wants to be buried with her books. <laughs> Dear God. Because I don't want anyone to know what I read. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All those young adult books, hide them. <laughs> Okay, so she also just so happened to sell him Everson's red Ford pickup truck Uh-oh. for only $800. Because she was like, if you do all the shit for me and give me $800, I'll let you have this truck. And he was like, that sounds like a fucking steal. All you have to do is build me a coffin and take away this evidence. <laughs> this body. You have to be an accessory to murder. Yeah. And give me $800. And he was like, I'm in. <laughs> What? I've been waiting for this deal my whole life. (laughs) And the guy was like, I'm sorry, but like, doesn't your boyfriend or whatever fucking need this truck? And she's like, no, no, no. He's in L.A. now, so he doesn't need the truck anymore. Uh, He won't be driving anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. And so the handyman was like, "Okay, sounds good. And then the next day when the handyman returned to like, I don't know, fucking keep working or whatever. She was like, hey, remember that bookshelf you helped me build? Could you please help me store all of my books at the storage shed. Could we use this truck that you just bought off of me? And could you help me take it to the storage place? Okay. Whatever. And he was like... It wasn't like, I want to bury them in my yard? No, it was like, oh, I got a storage unit and I need to put all my books in it. And I nailed it shut so you can't see the books. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to need another guy to help us carry it because my books are really heavy, like about the weight of a man. (laughs) Yeah. Well, books are really heavy. They are. They are. That's true. So that wouldn't be too suspicious to me. Yeah. Except except for like, why'd you nail it shut? But I might be like, ma'am, your books are leaking. (laughs) (laughs) Ew. Okay. So the handyman is like, of course, uh, let me just get a neighbor to help us load this box in the back of the truck. It's not suspicious at all. No. And then the two of them, they begin to drive to the storage shed or whatever. And then Dorothy's like, wait, stop. And he stops like along a riverbank. And she's like, let's just dump the box here. They're your books. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And she goes, no, 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 it's fine. The books in that box, it's just junk. Like I need to throw it away anyway. So let's just throw it in the river. And so this handyman doesn't question her. He's just like, okay, it's kind of weird, but let's just get this over with. So he... 
throw helps her throw the fucking coffin bookcase into the river. <laughs> and they go home and they have some beers. They're like, wow, that was a crazy errand we just ran. Thanks for helping me. Yeah. Could really use a beer right now. Yeah, I'm thirsty. So then New Year's Day, what was that? Like a month later, there's two fishermen and they find the box halfway in the river and they notice it smells like fucking death. And they're like, why are all these books in here? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew books could stink? No, they call the cops because they're like, I'm pretty sure there's a dead body in that box. And the cops are like. coffin-shaped box. Yeah. And the cops are like, God damn it. And they open it and they find the remains of an older male. Mm-hmm. And he's in underwear. Aww. And he's wrapped in a white sheet, bound with electrical tape. Ooh. And his wristwatch was still on his left wrist. Okay. So it's like he was getting ready for bed or something. I don't know. But the decomposition of his body was so bad because it had been like halfway in the river for a month and a half or whatever. Yeah. So they couldn't identify who it was. And it took them three years to finally identify it as Everson. They didn't put it out and be like, hey guys, we found this box with a body in it. And then the handyman be like, I put a box in a river. (laughs) I should report that. Yeah. No, he's probably like, oh, I don't know anything about that shit. (laughs) I mean, probably. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this whole time that, you know, they found, he's like her first, well... Not her first, because technically it was her friend Ruth. But, like, the first obvious one. Like, somebody found the guy, and she's just, like, out here, like, I'm going to keep fucking doing this shit. Yeah, it was an obvious uh, homicide, not a suicide. Yeah, exactly. Ruled that way anyway. And so, the whole time that he's dead, too, she's collecting his pension. Oh, God. Side note. She's like, oh, he's not dead. He's in L.A. And she would write letters to his family to be like, oh, he's not feeling well. That's why he hasn't come out. But he loves you. Oh my God, what a fucking psycho. Bye. Oh, yeah, she's crazy. So she started to take in over 40, like, boarders, tenants. I don't know. People would come live with her. There's, like, yeah. over 40 of them. Not at one time, just, like. Oh, okay, I was, like, a giant fucking house. <laughs> I think the house only had, like, seven rooms or something. I can't remember. Oh, is that all? Yeah, that is all. Well, I mean, not for 40 people. That's a lot. No, that's true. Some of the boarders would say that she was, like, an excellent landress, <laughs> landlord lady. Uh-huh. And that she was very kind and she had really good caregiving abilities. But others would complain that she would open their mail before them and would, like, hold their money from them and would only give them a little bit to go spend. And most of them were, like, drunks, honestly. Oh. Or, like, they abused medicine or something. So yeah. So they're like, oh, she's trying to help. Yeah, she's just trying to, like, make sure we don't go blow all of our money. But she would, like, send them with their little bit of money to the bar, and they would go get smashed, and then they would get picked up on, like, an anonymous tip that somebody who isn't supposed to be drinking is out drinking, you know, like, violating their probation or something. Yeah. And so then they'd get picked up and be put in jail for 30 days, and she would continue to collect their money and now go rent out their room. Okay. She had a fucking side hustle going. I guess. For sure. After a while, people started to notice that some of her tenants were missing. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. So Betty Palmer, a 77-year-old boarder, she went missing after a doctor's appointment, and Dorothy was found with her fucking ID that had Betty's name on it, but, like, Dorothy's picture. <gasps> like, she was stealing her identity. Oh, no. Yeah. Leona Carpenter was 78, and she was placed into Dorothy's care after being discharged from a hospital. Like, social workers would recommend people to her and be like, oh, you're going to get such good care there. We've heard such good recommendations. Exactly. (laughs) So she got sent there after being discharged from the hospital, and Dorothy made her a bed on the couch for, like, temporary lodging because she didn't have a room available. Yeah. And then Leona was, like, never heard from again after that. Like, oh, I saw that she made her a bed on the couch. What happened? 
Yeah. She gone. Oh, she just didn't want to stay on the couch, so now she gone. She gone. So then James Gallup, he was a 26-year-old man, and he had brain tumors removed from his head. Ooh. And um, he was placed in her care and never heard from again. Ugh. 62-year-old Vera Martin moved in, and shortly thereafter, she was never heard from again. Ooh. Bert Montoya moved in, and Dorothy took charge of his finances, pretty much like everybody else. And he wasn't heard from again, and she would tell family that he was in Mexico visiting family. Like, other family? Yeah. Uh, Not your side. Yeah. The other other side. side. (laughs) Like, anybody who questioned. Actually, Bert, him missing, the social worker is the one that, like, flagged people. Like, I know he's not in fucking Mexico. Ooh. Like, there's some shit going on. That's kind of, like, jumping ahead, but it's coming up. And she's like, I'm going to stop recommending people to you because they keep going missing. Exactly. So, suspicions start to rise, and social services came to, like, inspect her because they're like, uh... What the fuck? All these people are like going missing. But she was able to lie herself out of it. Okay. Lie her way out of it? Yeah. You know what I mean. She got to lie and they were like, we believe you. You're a sweet little old lady. Yeah. Even though she had like all that prior history of like going to jail and all this shit. Yeah, but you're a sweet little old lady. Like that can literally skew someone's whole perception of the events. It fucking worked. I can't wait to be a sweet little old lady. (laughs) I know. You're going to be so sweet. I know. I'm going to get a perm. Yeah, this lady had a perm. I bet she fucking did. And it was a great perm. <laughs> so exactly what you just said. Social workers stopped sending clients to her, her house because they were like, hey, all my clients keep going fucking missing. Like, what the fuck? I'm not going to recommend them anymore just in case. Like, even if nothing is wrong, yeah, it's a little fishy. I'd like some place to keep an eye on them. Exactly. And then another, like, red flag was that when they would go to her house, it smelled real bad. Okay. Like, the stench surrounding her house was so bad in the summer that her neighbors wouldn't turn on the AC because they didn't want the smell to, like, get sucked in to their home. It was so bad. That sucks. And Dorothy was always out in her garden, like, she was a big gardener, and she would always blame the smell on fish emulsion that she would use as fertilizer in her garden. Mm Mm-hmm. Or she would say that the sewer backed up or that there was, like, rats dead in the floorboards or some shit. She always made up an excuse, and they were like, oh, the sweet little old lady. Yeah. She's having such a hard time. She could probably say anything because she's yeah. just a little old lady. She's like, there's squirrels in the walls. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. Oh, there's, that's just Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> she would also dump bags of lime and gallons of bleach on the lawn to combat the stench. Like, okay, uh, but the bleach is a little odd. Yeah. Miss Dorothy. Yeah. Madame. She should try kerosene. <laughs> she should. I've heard that stop smells. That's so weird. And she would also spray lemon air freshener. Like whenever people would come over, like the social workers. Yeah. She'd like go crazy and spray it to try to make it smell better. But they'd be like, well, it smells like lemon death now. <laughs> yes. Not quite sure what's going on in here. Like goddamn orange spray for shit. It smells <laughs> like shit oranges. Why would you pick food? Yeah. To cover Ugh. up a stinky smell. Okay, so people were obviously getting really suspicious of her because all of those things, right? People missing. It smells like dead people. We're I on to you. I am really interested in how she's fucking killing these people. <laughs> yeah, this little old lady. Yeah, this little old lady. I feel like if she came at me, I'd be like, stop. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, ma'am, could Please you not? Don't. But you have to remember, these are like elderly and sick people also. Yeah. That she's going after. I just, I just wonder, is it a hammer? Is it a pill? Ooh. Okay, so that social worker that was taking care of Bert Montoya, the one that was supposedly in Mexico visiting family or whatever. Yeah. She was like, I don't buy your fucking story. I'm going to file a missing persons report. Okay. And she does so and she's like, go check out Dorothy. Something shady's going on there. Yeah. So the detectives come to talk to her. And while they're there, a male resident passed a note to one of the cops that said that Dorothy had instructed them to lie to them. Ooh. And 
so they were like, that's really fishy. (laughs) (laughs) That's not something normal. Yeah. uh, We should investigate this. (laughs) Yeah. So four days later, on November 11th, 1988, the detectives come back to search her house. Like, they come back with a search warrant. And they brought shovels because when they were there, they noticed that the soil had recently been disturbed in her garden in the Mm -hmm. shape of a body. Maybe not in the shape of a body, but you know, where you're like, "Ah, for sure, that's a body. Like, that's about six feet by three (laughs) feet. By two feet. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So they start digging in that freshly undug area. Mm -hmm. And they hit what they thought was a tree root. And they climb into the hole. Oh, God. And they're like, let's inspect this closer. And there was, like, scraps of cloth and what looked like beef jerky. Oh, gross. And so the detective was like, let me rip this tree root out with my bare fucking hands. (gasps) And so he reached down and he grabbed the quote-unquote tree root and he pulled and out popped a fucking bone with a joint. What was he expecting? He's like, I don't know. Let's look for bodies in this hole. Let me just dig at this beef jerky with my fucking hands. (laughs) Like, how, I'm sorry. I don't know. How dumb can you be? I don't know. It's so gross. You're, that's literally what you're looking for. And you're like, whoa. A body. Probably because she's so innocent and everything. And they're like, whoa. Because get this, but it gets worse. you're literally digging in a spot to find a body. And then you find beef jerky and you're like, it's probably a tree root. <laughs> that's fucking stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> sorry. I'm it mad It gets now. so much worse. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so they keep digging, and then they discover a shoe with a foot inside of it. And they're, they're like, like, maybe it's a mannequin. <laughs> exactly. They're like, oh, my God. They're like, oh, fuck, this is a human. Like, <laughs> I thought maybe, maybe it's just, like, some animals or some shit. But, oh, my God, there's, like, a body it's in just here. just burying dogs back there. Yeah, so they're like, let's stop, and let's call in the proper forensic anthropologist to come maybe in. Maybe we should stop fucking up this crime scene. <laughs> right? It was probably Did any of them suicide. try the beef jerky? <laughs> oh, it wasn't even seasoned. Uh, gross so dorothy learns that they found a human body on her lawn right and she's like what i'm sorry what not me so she acts really surprised of course as they're like digging up her fucking backyard oh also i should mention that they she had like poured some fresh fucking concrete back there she hired a local I don't know if he was like a drunk man or just a homeless man or what but a local man to like come help do some handiwork and some of that handiwork was to pour a concrete slab okay and then after he did this handiwork he also went missing (laughs) so there was a lot of of red flags see and now this guy i feel like this handyman wasn't that old no i'm probably not if he's like helping her fucking pour concrete concrete slabs and shit yeah yeah so what is she doing to these people (laughs) so so curious (laughs) so they break up the concrete slab right so as they're breaking up the concrete slab and like looking for fucking bodies and shit, she's like, oh my God, am I under arrest? <laughs> and the detectives are like, no, sweetheart, it can't be you. Like, I'm sure there's like other murders going around. Like they're just using your whole home as a graveyard. Yeah. I mean, how unfortunate for you that these bodies are buried back here. You're I can't a believe you had to live with this smell for so long. Yeah. And you've been trying to combat it. You didn't know you were living on top of all of these dead bodies. So she wasn't a suspect or anything. Oh, my God. And so she was like, all right, well, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. And never come back. Across the street and never come back. <laughs> Did, so, did she really go for coffee or was it like bourbon and cigarettes? <laughs> no, she really went for coffee at like right. the hotel across the street or some shit. Yeah. But seven people were ultimately unearthed in her fucking backyard. Okay. And 
I'm going to name those seven people off. So it was Bert Montoya, the original one that went to Mexico. Yep. He was found buried under a freshly planted apricot tree. Oh, okay. Dorothy Miller, 64, was found with her arms taped to her chest with duct tape. Oh, my God. Benjamin Fink was 55-year-old man who was found in his underwear. See, 55. He could fight off a 78-year-old woman. I know. Or however old she is. She's in her 70s, right? We could do the math. Yeah, she's 59. A 55-year-old man could fight off a 59-year-old woman. Well, all right, go on. <laughs> okay, Betty Palmer, 78. Uh, her remains were missing her fucking head Oh, and her hands and her lower legs. This I mean, shit baffles me because I'm like, how the fuck did a 60-year-old woman do all that shit, right? Yeah. How the fuck do you behead a corpse? Like, I, I don't feel like I could do that with all I of my know. infinite strength. Dorothy was like a frail little woman. Yeah, she was grandma. Yeah. Okay, so Betty Palmer was found um, buried in the front yard by the sidewalk. Oh, my God. Like, how the fuck did you do that? Leona Carpenter, 78, she was the one that was freshly buried in the backyard who the detectives, like, dug up her fucking leg bone. Yeah, her beef jerky bones. Yeah, her beef jerky bones. James Gallup, who was 62, and Vera Martin, who was 64. And when Vera was unearthed, her wristwatch was still ticking. Oh, so so it hadn't been that long. No, I mean, and honestly, I don't know how long a fucking watch battery can last, but you're right, it wasn't that long. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so all of these bodies were, like, super badly decomposed, and the internal organs had kind of melted together and mummified into a blob. Ew. Yeah, gross. And one of the texts on the scene said that it was so disturbing and rancid that she began to, like, compulsively shower after being a part of this investigation. Oh, God. And she had a hard time with eating any kind of vegetables that grew in the ground because they grew in dirt, and she, like... Didn't like that. Yeah, that's where they were buried. (laughs) That's pretty fucked up and this lady was a vegetarian so she had to stick with like like i don't know fucking beans <laughs> i was like trying to think do you Fruit? think she was okay with like pumpkins <laughs> i i mean yeah i don't know everything grows not on the ground technically if you think about it that way yeah but like maybe not root vegetables yeah not like potatoes <laughs> good thing she didn't like beef jerky yeah so like i said dorothy had gone for coffee right and she never came back yeah after a while, the detectives were like, oh, shit. <laughs> hey, I think she might have actually had something to do with it. She might have done this <laughs> because where the fuck did she go? On account of she's gone now and she had access to everything and everyone. Yeah. That sweet little old lady. <laughs> yeah. Kind of suspicious. And so, their sergeant was like, hey, you fucking let her go? God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> you had one job. So they find evidence in her house of her collecting everyone's pension and shit. Yeah. And they even found like this little like piece of paper that had everybody's initials on it and how much money she was collecting from them monthly oh or stealing from them monthly. And it was $5,000 or some shit that she was getting just damn. on the side, right? And this is an 88, so that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot well, of money today. Plus, they're all paying her to stay there. On top of that, right? Yeah. So, obviously, they have a clear motive. Like, she's jacking all their money. And mm-hmm. she has a history of doing this shit to men at the bar. So, uh, this is our woman. Yeah. They actually did some detective work and were like, oh, fuck. Oh, God damn it, Dorothy. <laughs> so, what had happened was, Dorothy had gone to the nearby hotel and got a cup of coffee. And she called a cab to take her to a bar, like, further away yeah and then she downed four vodkas and grapefruit and then she hopped on a bus to la okay side note she had bought a plane ticket to los angeles in her name and the detectives found that but then when they went to go to the plane she didn't board it like she was throwing them off yeah and so they were like well she's not gonna be in la because she didn't take this plane ticket to la so we're not gonna look in la oh my god she took a bus to la (laughs) 
So she was in fucking LA. Okay. And she was laying low in a hotel, but she couldn't like stave off her old ways for very long because she went to a bar and she made friends with 59-year-old Charles Wilkes. Okay. She struck up a conversation with him and she was like, hey, are you uh, getting social security? And he was like, that's not a weird question at all. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, how much? And then so he told her. And she's like, oh, well, what if we make a deal where like I'll come cook meals for you and I get to live in your house because I'm like super down on my luck. I'm in this hotel right now and I need a place to stay. Yeah. And he was like, nah, I'm cool. Oh, that's good. (laughs) I can make my own food. And she was like, damn. And she goes back to the hotel. Almost got him. Almost got him. And so Charles is at home and he's like, that was really weird back there. And he turns on the news and he sees her fucking face all over the news. And he was like, motherfucker, that's the girl I met. And so instead of calling the cops, he calls the press. And he's oh like, my God. hey, I think I know this girl that you have all over your news station. <gasps> She's and- staying at this hotel because she told me, but I'm telling the press instead of the police because exactly. I'm a freaking dum-dum. Exactly. And the press are like, this is a good fucking story. And so they call the cops and then they go to her hotel where okay. she's staying where the cops show up. But they got like fucking full on front row seats to this goddamn arrest. Yeah. And so the cops surround her hotel, motel, holiday inn room, <laughs> whatever the fuck it was. And they arrest her without incident. Like, she opens the door and she's like, ah, fuck. You got me. Yep. And then as they were, like, flying her back to Sacramento or some shit, and she was like, listen, I took all their money, but I didn't kill those people. No. (laughs) Yeah. No, that wasn't me. I shot the sheriff, but I did not shoot the deputy. (laughs) Exactly. But how fucking lucky is Charles that he didn't fall for that old fucking switcheroo game? Yeah. Because one of the articles even said, like, she came there and one of her fucking purple high-heeled pump shoes was broken and busted and he felt bad for her. So he took it to the cobbler across the street to have it fixed. Like, Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, she was milking him for shit. I don't yeah. know if this was several meetings or just one. Yeah, right? But either way, he was like, but you can't come live with me. <laughs> I don't feel that bad. Yeah, but I don't want you in my house. Exactly. So March 31st, 1989, she pled not guilty to nine counts of murder because seven in her yard and then the two like her husband before and her friend Ruth yeah and it was four years before her trial began in February of 1993 god damn yep the prosecution stance was that Dorothy would prey on the vulnerable and she would steal their money and kill them to steal their identity to continue to cash in their money right yeah she would buy fancy clothes and have this big old lavish lifestyle because of it and she even got a fucking facelift done Ooh. off of this blood money <laughs> What would ha- like how she would do her killings was by giving them lethal doses of Dalmain. Okay. Which is a sleeping pill. Oh. And when it's mixed with alcohol, it's deadly. Yeah. Also, if you give a lethal dose of anything, it is deadly. <laughs> I believe that's the definition. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. But most of these people were alcoholics, so she would like drug them and then they'd get drunk and then they would die. So well, she, yeah. And she, she'd probably be like, here's your vodka tonic. Yeah. Crush, also. crush, crush. Yeah. Ignore that funny aftertaste. Yeah, I know it's a little chalky. Just drink it. Chug it now. (laughs) The jury found her guilty of three counts of murder, but they couldn't come to a unanimous decision on the other six, which I don't know how or why. Like, yeah, obviously, 
I, I mean, maybe the Ruth one, they were like, okay, but maybe not, right? Yeah. And maybe the husband one, they're like, but maybe it was something else. Yeah, but how about the other four but that all were buried all together? all the ones that are all from her home and they're buried together, like, if you find one of them from her as yeah. guilty, then I feel like all of them would Right? Be. Like, I mean, come on. Circumstantial evidence at that point. Yeah. But so they could only determine it for three, so the judge declared a mistrial. What? So that just means that basically she didn't get the death sentence. Okay. But she did get life without the possibility of parole in 1993. And in 2011, she died at the age of 82. Whoa. And that's how my story abruptly ends. Because I got tired of writing fucking names and stories (laughs) and shit. But holy fucking shit. So it was this sweet little old looking lady. She had like a facelift done and everything. But she would pretend to be like all sweet and nice. And everybody was like, it couldn't possibly be Dorothy. Meanwhile, she was like jacking people's money and fucking drugging them up until they die. And then asking people to like, hey, handyman, can you come fucking dig this hole for me? And then kill the handyman. Throw them in there. Probably is like he knew too much or something. Well, she was probably like, yeah, he's digging a fucking hole. Would you like a drink after all that work? Yeah. Hmm. Come Come drink it in this hole. How is she getting all the fucking bodies to these holes? I don't know. Dude, I can't drag a body. I know. Maybe she would like have them die on a sheet and then drag them that way. Because some of them were found with sheets. <laughs> oh, no. You're not feeling well? Lay down right here. On the floor, please. Yeah. Can you cross your arms? <laughs> I'm just going to put duct tape here. Yeah. We'll just Shh. keep them together. <laughs> okay. But another thing I wanted to mention was that while she was in prison, some like reporter or some shit had started working with her on creating a recipe book. Oh, my God. So she fucking gave him like a bunch of recipes and her little stories inside this book also. Recipes for what? For like cooking. She's a granny. <laughs> So like, she could probably make a mean fucking cobbler. Here's my top secret fucking peach cobbler recipe. <laughs> yeah. You want some irresistible chocolate chip cookies, let me tell you. Also, grind up some fucking sleeping pills. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I can make you a mean vodka tonic. <laughs> exactly. So uh, that's the story of fucking the granny killer. That's crazy. Yeah. You know what's blowing my mind a little bit more than all of that, though, is that the trial was in like the 90s. Uh-huh. Like we don't have trials like this anymore like you don't hear about shit like this anymore oh i know like massive yeah like shocking things of like burying people in the backyard yeah like if someone came out right now and they were like oh by the way this is all over the press and the news like this fucking little old lady was found with fucking 10 bodies and nine bodies or whatever that'd be amazing yeah (laughs) well not amazing but you know what i mean it would be quite entertaining it would be very entertaining maybe it's like you know once in a century. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then how funny that she got put in jail and she fucking snitched. Who knew Granny was a snitch? Well, listen. She's just looking out for number one. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to get put in protective custody and then I'm going to write this man. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to make him fall in love with me. Can we just address, though, like every day of her fucking life had to be a goddamn nightmare? Like how much work to be married so many times, so many fucking adoptions. <laughs> you've, you've got to be mentally ill. Yeah, for sure. To be like... And to be able to carry out that many lies. Yeah. Yeah. And to be like, this is totally normal. I'm going to live my life this way. And I'm not going to lie. She does kind of look like the crazy old lady. Yeah. Like, she's a sweet old granny looking thing, but she looks crazy. Ooh. I'm excited to see her picture. I'll put it up on the website. Well, goddamn. Speaking of website. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of website, if you want to see pictures and stuff, it's isgdpodcast.com. That's right. It is. And also, you can email us at isgdpodcast at gmail.com. Uh-huh. You can Facebook, Instagram, or tweet at us at isgdpodcast. Yep. You guys should subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't already. Yep. 
Oh, our merch and our Patreon. Oh, is on the website. True. Yeah, go to the website, isgdpodcast.com. I don't have to say that again. But go to our website and there's merchandise there. Eventually, we're going to like come up with a new design. Yeah, we are. After Erin pops out this baby and when she feels creative enough. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll, when I'm on maternity leave. Yeah, time. we should do that on the um, on the Facebook group. Oh, yeah. So Give the, us a, a suggestion of what you guys want. Yeah, what kind of design you'd want to do. We have a handful of ideas and we'll throw them out there and we'll pull you guys to see which one you guys want to do the most. I like it. Yeah, so go join our Facebook group, the Goddamn Pod group. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it's called. And also you can send us letters at P.O. Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. Boop, boop. And that, that concludes this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye, guys. Bye. And if you're all caught up on our podcast, stay tuned for a promo from Dependisplaining. Hello, we're the ladies of Dependisplaining, and we're here to give you a glimpse into our military lives. Whether you are affiliated with the military or not, do you ever wonder about certain topics related to the military? Well, wonder no more. We are here to give you an insight into this crazy lifestyle. So take a ride with these dependents at the wheel as we navigate through the hectic but scenic roads of the military world. You can even ride shotgun. We, much like you, have no idea what we're doing, but we'll figure it out together. So listen to Dependus Lady. Because wherever you go, there you are.